Hey there, you're listening to Those Real Estate Brothers Podcast, where Joseph and Jared share what they know in real estate and all things local, including local restaurants, businesses, and cool stuff. Which brother is more interesting? Well, you're about to find out. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're back. What's up? What's going on? Yeah. Just enjoying our time on our second podcast here. We're getting two done. Yep. Number two is going to get done. That's it. What do we do from there? Well, we're going to have some guests. I don't think we're going to announce them ahead of time because everyone's schedules change, but looking forward to podcast three, four, and so on. Are we going to know what we're doing with having more than two people here? No. No. Every, every uh, look, it's the second time and it feels like the first time, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, we just got back from New Orleans. Yeah. Or New Orleans. New Orleans, as nobody says down there. What'd you think of the food? I have thoughts on the food. Food was great. I wish it was a little spicier, uh, but the, I enjoyed the food a lot. It's funny. We basically went there with a plan to eat everything we could, and mm-hmm. then we had the convention that we had to work around our food schedule. Yeah, f- uh, f- you know, Cajun food for breakfast, gumbo for breakfast, jambalaya, lunch, dinner, oysters. We we didn't. I don't think we had a non, you know, New Orleans style meal the entire time we were there. I didn't think you were an oyster guy. I didn't know that. I like oysters. I Now I know that. Now you know. I mean, we well, ate them three days in a row. What was your favorite oyster there? I'd already know the answer. Oh, the char-grilled. That, so, that's the thing. Felix's on Bourbon Street, the char-grilled oysters, that was the best thing I ate the whole the whole week. The flavor was just bomb. Yep. It was unbelievable. Um, Oyster-wise, those, 100%. But uh, the gumbo, I, I really enjoyed the gumbo. Mm. And um, at Felix's, their Bloody Marys are on point. One of the differences with their Bloody Marys uh, compared to the ones we get here is the pickled green beans. I absolutely love that. So if you're a restaurant owner and you're actually paying attention to our podcast, you might want to add pickled green beans to your Bloody Marys. I'm actually going to go on Amazon later and buy a jar of pickled green beans because I hate Bloody Marys, but those things are really good. Yeah. So New Orleans, we actually we went there for a Weikert convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned a lot, I think. We got a lot of great takeaways. And... Um, what'd you learn? Well, I, I learned, uh, I think a quote we heard there, Carter Clark said it, I refuse to participate in the so-called slowdown. You know, a lot of it is media driven. A lot of it is in comparison to some of the busiest, you know, years for real estate and other businesses, uh, ever, you know, and, and you're taking a year where you took two years of transactions, compress them into one year because of the pandemic. And then we look at this year and say, oh, things are down. That may not really be true. Now, before this pandemic, before that crazy market, if in 2019 I said to you, hey, in 2000, the end of 2022 into 2023, we're roughly going to have the same amount, of, same amount of transactions. We're not going to really increase much. Would you be okay with that? Would you feel like... Yeah, you'd that, sign up for that in a second. Right? It's like saying to a Mets fan on, on opening day, we just sign up to lose in the divisional round or the wild card round, and you would have said, yeah, I'd be happy just to make the playoffs. doesn't always mean it feels as good when you get to the end of the season. It doesn't feel as good when your transactions might be down. But in reality, this is a normal market we're in. And I look at it like this. In 2018, say, um, I, I look at my real estate business and my real estate career, and if I could say, you know, in 2023, there's going to be the same amount of business. I would have liked to thought back in 2018 that I'm going to improve every year and get better and maybe 
become a better agent. We're going to beat out other agents and get more business. So if the business stays exactly the same, I'm confident over time, if I'm constantly improving myself, uh, aligning myself with companies with good tools and systems, that I'm going to be able to make a lot more money in 2023 than I would in 2018, even with the same amount of transactions. A hundred percent. A lot of business got done in 2008, 2009, 2010. might have been spread out differently. Uh, but I, I'd almost ask you a different question. If I would have said to you three years ago that at the end of 2022, rates are going to be over 7%, what kind of market do you think you're going to have? Would you expect to still have sub-5 absorption rates? Would you still expect to have bidding wars on, on you know, well-priced houses? Um, I would have scratched my head, and that would have been maybe a whole podcast just talking about that. So, uh, yeah. So here we are, rates of 7%. A lot of predictions are they're going to start heading down now. Uh, and yet there's still a tremendous amount of, you know, demand on the buyer side for the inventory that's out there. And you kind of touched on the market absorption rate, and you touched on headlines and the perception out there. It's really important to know the numbers because if you're just reading headlines, I mean, the sky's falling. We might as well just uh, go to the Bahamas, uh, you know, give up our licenses and, and wait it out because there's no money to be made. You know, if, we, if we're going on headlines only. I hope a lot of agents read those headlines because yeah. I'd like some of them to head to the Bahamas. <laughs> uh, so if you look at a market absorption rate, and when we looked just yesterday at our weekly sales meeting, most markets are still in the, you know, two and a half to three and a half month. Or under. Or under in certain areas. Um, so historically you know, a, a, a neutral market where it's not really benefiting a buyer's uh, position or a seller's, you're looking at five and a half months or so, which is a normal market. So we're still in a seller's market by definition. And the transactions might be down, but that means there's a lot of demand for what's out there. You know, it's not easy being a renter, so people are going to keep buying. And that's one of the advantages of being in residential real estate is, you know, it's not about want. It's for most buyers about need. If you have a two-bedroom apartment and you got three kids, you need a bigger place. And that's what we're seeing right now, a lot of move up, a lot of, a lot of changes in, in location, and there's plenty of those people looking right now. I talk to a lot of sellers out there, or should I say I talk to a lot of homeowners out there that basically are saying within the next year or two, I'm going to be selling and downsizing. Uh, and life kind of heals market conditions because life events create a different need for your housing situation. And it doesn't matter if it's a, um, you know, a financially negative situation. Some people decide that they still want to make that decision. It's a numbers game, right? right. People spend $10,000, $20,000 on a vacation. So if they could get in their, their, a house that fits more of their needs and it costs them a little extra money, uh, a lot of people are okay with that. Well, you know, I think the months that passed, the last couple months, consumer sentiment, was really down, and I, I know that's changed over the last month or two. So we know that uh, 70% of the, of the economy is driven by consumer spending, and consumers have to feel good about the market, about the economy, in order to spend that money. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you feel people are feeling a little more positive now that maybe things leveled off? It doesn't feel like we're about to go off a cliff? It seems more normal, right? And we talked about this uh, as far as seasonality. It looks like we might be entering into a traditional real estate season. Uh, and now we're entering the tail end of, of the year. And by tradition, if we look at history, uh, there's less transactions during that time. 
One of the slowest markets in Long Island when we did the research yesterday was Long Beach. It's like, oh my God, why is Long Beach so slow? And even that, what was the absorption rate? It was like four. Four and change. Um, yeah. Well, who wants to buy a house in a surfing community in a beach community in October? So maybe if you're a uh, homebuyer out there looking in Long Beach, that might now's, be an opportunity. Now's the time. You could get a concession. You could get, get a little off the price, uh, make a deal maybe you wouldn't have been able to over the summer, and you probably won't be able to this spring. But we also know consumer sediments up to about 60%. You want to see it around 65 or so. So, you know, we were down in the 50s at one point. People are feeling pretty good. Most of those questions have to do about housing. I think even with the rates, even with the transactions, consumers don't care about how many transactions get done, right? If your neighbor's house sells for a good price, you feel pretty good about your housing situation. And um, you don't really care if there's a lot of houses selling. You just care that the prices are there. So people are starting to realize, okay, you know, things things should be okay. Who do you think is more negative in this market, the the media, the consumers, or the agents? Well, that's a really good uh, good competition between agents and the media, right? Because, I mean, agents are talking to buyers and sellers, hopefully, all day long, right? That's our job is to talk to Most buyers. Most of them aren't. But it's still our job to talk uh, to, to buyers and sellers about the market, educate them. And if we're just going off headlines and just – repeating that to our clients, to our customers, to our sphere of influence. I mean, we are driving the narrative and you can't go off those headlines because there's so much more to it. Uh, you really got to do your research and do your data and maybe it is bad news. You know, there's not, there's some things out there that aren't the best, um, you know, stats and some of the best things for the market, such as the interest rates. Uh, but don't just read a headline and go off it. You got to dig into right. the details. You know, it's it's uh, too many agents buy into that. Some of them probably still have some trauma from 2008 through 10, and they're kind of waiting for that next shoe to drop. But don't buy into it. Don't buy into it. What's it really matter to an individual agent whether or not the market slows down? Go do more business. We, we're amazingly lucky to live in a world, in a business, in an industry where you control what's going to happen tomorrow. You wake up unemployed every morning, and some days you get it and some days you don't, but that's not changed even as transactions are down. I'm just going to be blunt. Most agents are lazy, mm -hmm. and they don't want to go on MLS and look up data. Uh, they don't want to look at charts and interpret what that means. They would rather just read a article on one of the mainstream you know, news programs or websites and just repeat it. That's easier to them. Yeah, and that's the narrative. That was on the 5 o'clock news, so that's what I'll say, and people will think I'm smart because I said what the news said, so I must be good at what I do. And in reality, a lot of that news is pulling from national data, and there are places where prices are down significantly, right? You get down into the Midwest, uh, places in the in the boonies, I guess, is you know, someone who lives in Long Island would think of them, and that flight away from suburbs and the cities into rural areas is down. It's, it's changed. You know, there's the North Dakota and um, Montana. Those were some of the hottest towns, hottest locations for real estate. You saw some houses double in price and that didn't happen in New York. It didn't happen on the coasts yet. We're still seeing price increases here on the coasts where the national data might be down, but you have some places that just lost half their value because yet everybody wanted to move into a town 
and then they all left because they didn't make good lattes or whatever they decided not to live there anymore. Uh, had to go back into the office a couple days a week. I can't live in the middle of nowhere. My high-speed internet's not, you know, strong enough. I can't live in the middle of nowhere. So they're repeating data that doesn't really apply to our market. Yeah, it's really interesting. So if you are not in the business, okay, and you're looking to buy or sell a house and you interview a couple of agents, what agent says, you know, transactions are down 20%, we got an economic problem, um, you know, the sky is falling and home prices might plummet uh, next year. And then you speak to another agent who says there's some challenges in this market, interest rates, um, market absorption rate, other things. However, I'm going to help you navigate through them. By the way, did you know one in four houses sell for over asking with multiple offers? Let's explore. Still. Let's do a walkthrough of your home to see uh, what we could do to improve it and, and, right. and make it favorable as far as marketing it. Which agent would you lean towards? Uh, yeah, you, you want somebody who thinks they're in control and can get some stuff done, right? You don't want somebody, oh, the world is terrible, market's terrible, I don't know what to do, let's put it on MLS and hope for the best. You know, there's an interview question that uh, I remember reading about that kind of lends itself to that, where, I think it was Google, but whoever, one of the big companies, would ask you, how do you get a cold? How, how, how come you get colds? And they judged the person's outlook based on their answer. If their answer was, oh, I don't know, it just happens, versus I probably didn't wash my hands well enough before eating and after touching the menu, so I got a cold. Which person feels like they're in control of their destiny? The person who is accountable and says, I, I could have done something different to make it better. And it's the same thing with the real estate, you know, in, in that interview you laid out, where which agent seems like they're in control of your destiny? Isn't that why you hire an agent? I don't know how to do this. I need somebody to do it for me because I need someone who really knows their job, really knows how to get me through this because I'm putting my destiny into their hands. If they screw it up, I'm out a lot of money. And one person says, I don't know, the market's terrible. And the other says, I got this. You know, we looked at the market because we actually take it a little step further and actually uh, study what's going on. And just in a five-mile radius of our office in Farmingdale, New York, uh, based on the amount of sales volume over the last just 30 days, there was approximately $4.5 million of commissions earned within a five-mile radius mm -hmm. in 30 days. That's a lot of money. And you have agents in that same five-mile radius saying, oh, there's no business right now. Things are down. It's, it's not good. It's, it's something that we need to look at. And now, all of a sudden, we know this information, right? And now you could be a little more accountable and say, hey, there is money out there. There is opportunity as a real estate agent to make money. So now I have to see you know, look in a mirror and see what I'm doing wrong because there's lots of agents making a lot of money in this market. What did most agents do the last two years to get business? Uh, they Not that much. They waited for the phone to ring. Yeah. What are agents terrible at doing? Being proactive and doing activities. Simply answering the phone sometimes they're terrible yeah. at. So their main driver of business was answering the phone because somebody knew somebody and they got a call, which they're not even good at answering the phone. And now that they still don't really answer the phone, but it's not ringing anyway, they say there's no business to be done. What'd you do to get any? Nothing. They made a really funny TikTok video. Yeah, well, here we are doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we both have beards. How long is yours going to last? How much longer you got? I don't know. Every day I try to convince my wife and kids to tell me to shave it, and they haven't yet. Um, so I have no idea. 
nobody seems to care in my house one way or another, but I, I don't know if I want to deal with the mess. So I think I got till my next haircut. I am doing um, a little challenge for St. Jude's where I'm doing 3,000 push-ups in the month of November. And um, I think I raised like almost $600 already. Nice. So I might attach the two in my mind and basically finish out November uh, doing, on average, 100 a day. I feel like some days I'm going to try to do more to make up for the days I want to be a little more lazy. Uh, but I think that's going to be uh, the end goal is once I'm done with that 3,000 push-up challenge for the month of November, it's coming off. Well, good luck with it. St. Jude, great organization. Hopefully you can uh, do 3,000 push-ups. I'm going to try to eat 3,000 oysters. It's not time. hard at all. The push-ups itself is not hard. It's the discipline to do them every single day because if I take 10 days off, then it becomes really difficult. Then i got to make up for it and do a lot more than 100 per day, which could turn into a, uh, a real challenge. So besides New Orleans, because we do like to talk about local, what, uh, what, where have you been over the last week local? What, what stood out? What was fun? What would you do? Well, I did eat All-American the other day at 10 mm. o'clock in the morning. So for those of you that they didn't know. They were open know, at 10 a.m.? They were open at 10 a.m. Wow. Um, I think it was 10. They have a full menu? Full menu. And uh, I got way too much stuff, and it was absolutely delicious. Made those 3,000 push-ups a little more important, too. Yes, yeah. What'd you get? You a double-double guy or a quarter-pounder? Quarter-pounder, French cheese. fries. And one of the things I've been doing lately that I, we never really grew up having them, but the fish fillet sandwich with tartar mm. and American cheese. I've had I, I've had the fish fillet. I think it was from a restaurant that did like a fish fillet like a stolen mcdonald's recipe it was great but i'm like just a, saying all the years going to all american no. we never we never had that i've ordered the same thing at all american since high school double double um fries and a, and a drink sometimes a second cheeseburger because you know if you're gonna do it you might as well go all in so uh, all american good one so i i had my daughter for lunch uh last week and we did the library cafe got some chili and it was really good. It was great chili. I said, I haven't had chili it's in so long. Ch it's chili season. It's just about there. I think it's still a little early. Today's going to be warm. But, um, yeah, I'm going to definitely be into some good chilies this uh, this fall. Nice. What else you got? What else do I have? Um, as far as food, we got back from New Orleans. And I wanted to go back to Big Daddy's in uh, Massapequa, mm. but I didn't get a chance. But one of the things I want to say about Big Daddy's, I want to give it a shout-out. The food is authentic. It Go, is. Going to New Orleans and eating all that good food, uh, it's definitely authentic. Uh, even a little spicier than we had in New Orleans. So what they told me in New Orleans was that city Creole. If you want real Cajun, you got to get outside the city, and that's when the spice ramps up. So I don't know how true that is, but that's what some guy at a place told me. And it definitely, uh, Big Daddy's is definitely authentic. The jambalaya, the oysters, the whole thing. But they use a lot more spice in Big Daddy's restaurant than in the city of New Orleans. Interesting. What did you think about the music down there? Music was really cool. Uh, we went to this place called Frenchman Street, right? Yep. Frenchman Street where there was literally like a six or seven piece band on the corner of the street. And just everybody huddled around and hung out. Playing for tips. Playing for tips. And one of the cool things is you could basically go into any restaurant, bar, whatever... And get a drink to go. So we were able to walk right into uh, some chicken place, get a couple of draft beers, go back out, and watch that six or seven-piece band. I can't remember the name of the fried chicken place, but it's it's famous. Was it Willie's? 
I think it was Willie's. It was Willie's a bunch fried of chicken. Right? So uh, somebody heard we were in New Orleans and said, "Oh, did you have Willie's fried chicken?" I said, "Oh, I guess we missed out because well, we got a beer there. We got a beer there, and um, I don't know about you, I did not have a hurricane. No, I didn't have it. All that sugar and juice wasn't uh, didn't seem like a good idea. So, any last thoughts? Don't participate in the recession. Um, you know, today's no different than yesterday. And yesterday was no different than 2019. The world is, we've been through a lot over the last couple of years. And if anything, if you learned anything, hopefully it was, don't let external minutia get in your way. Do your thing. You know what you're doing. Get out there. If you're worried, be more proactive. Do more calls. Do more contacts. Do more video. And it's going to sort itself out pretty quick. Nice. All right. All right, everybody. See you next week. Till the next one. All right. Thanks for listening to Those Real Estate Brothers with Joseph and Jared. Subscribe now to get updates on future episodes. And please share it with others. Want to connect? Message us on Google, Facebook, Instagram, or text. We'll see you next time. And remember to always work hard and be nice.